welcome to the Mind Fitness Doctor Podcast, where you where you will learn micro mind fitness practices to care for yourself in the moment, on the go, in your busy lives, so that you can care for others. If you are feeling overwhelmed and tired in your role as a caregiver, either as a parent, health professional, lawyer, caregiver for someone who has an illness, then this may be the place for you. You may constantly be putting yourself last on the to-do list and feel guilty about when you take time out to self-care. This is where you will learn to put on your own oxygen mask first so that you can recharge your depleted battery and care for others. Hi and welcome to week two. I'm so glad you guys are joining me. Um, so it's week two of the self-care starter kit or the September self-care challenge and this week we are looking at why it is important to self-care and the neuroscience that explains how it is so important and why it is not actually selfish. So just to arrive maybe um, connecting in with your reasons for this so maybe finding a comfortable position just kind of having a gentle arrival into this um, talk so if it's accessible to you today maybe finding your breath wherever it may be Surrendering to your senses to come into the present moment. So the sensations of your breath, your senses to anchor you into the present moment. Your sense of hearing, taste, smell or sight. But if your breath is accessible, perhaps breathing in the nourishment into every cell of your body, and on the out breath, letting go. Letting go of the hustle and bustle that's brought you to this module today. And letting go of your mental to-do list. Knowing that our minds always take us to the past and the future using your breath to anchor you into the present moment. Perhaps while you are here asking yourself the question, do I self-care? How do I fill my depleted battery? And why is it so important that I self-care? On some level, do I know that I need to fill my depleted batteries so, and recharge them so that I have enough energy to give in my caregiving relationship? 
Do I know that the self-care involves some mind fitness method of self-care which rewires my brain, making me more resilient to deal with my own challenges in my life? some level do I know that my mental health or my mind fitness is just as important as my physical fitness just checking in why it might be important for you to self-care dealing with the challenges that the pandemic has brought us so in your own um, time and when you're ready gently opening your eyes and coming back into the present moment and so in asking ourselves why it is so important to self-care i'm just going to start with explaining the brain and so Dan Siegel has this hand model of the brain. And so basically this is our, our nerves and our vagal nerve that wanders up from our digestive system to our lungs and to our heart and up into the base of our brain called the brainstem. And this regulates our, the functioning of our bodies and it is involved in avoidance of harm and in our safety. So it's that autonomic nervous system, that flight or fight or freeze nervous system that we're all familiar about when we go into overwhelm. And then we have the mid part of our brain that is responsible for um, approaching rewards. So approaching rewards in life while we keep on achieving things in our lives, while we need to have that to-do list that we tick off. That's involved in our over-level of contentment and satisfaction. And it has our emotional amygdala, which is responsible for emotions, as well as our hippocampus, which is our memory. But then we also have this prefrontal cortex, which makes us different from reptiles and other animals. And it's our social need for connection with other people knowing that we are hardwired to connect with other people for our survival, that we needed to have that for to be able to be cared for by others and to survive in the tribe. Sorry. So we have also got these things in this social system called mirror neurons or it's in the brain our brains and what happens is that we our mirror neurons mirror the emotions of the people that we are in relationship with so we have what's called that empathetic resonance and so if we are feeling joyful and happy and positive and grateful then that emotion gets mirrored with the person that we're um, in a relationship with or are, are nearby with and then you have that positive upward spiral of emotion 
But as we know, brains are more hardwired for negative. So they velcro for negative and Teflon for positive. And so people have more negative um, thoughts and negative feelings like emotions of anxiety and irritation and depression. And so basically when someone's feeling anxious and overwhelmed and stressed, we mirror that and we feel that. So we have our own emotions in a situation, but we also pack up and take in other people's distress, which is called empathetic distress. And so basically the best thing for your nervous system is another person. But the worst thing for your nervous system is also another person. This is kind of um, illustrated with infants and babies who need that mirroring with their mums to um, develop the capacity of emotional um, kind of intelligence and to be able to self-regulate their emotions as children and teenagers and adults and um, self-regulation has been uh, the most important factor um, that determines success or determines happiness in people. So this co-regulation and self-regulation is so important. This is an illustration of it in babies. And so this is what contributes to that caregiver fatigue. So when we are um, a parent or a health professional or a teacher, we do feel and resonate with the people that we are caring for and we feel the empathetic distress. And that gets called caregiver fatigue. And so um, that's kind of tiredness, that feeling of sometimes disconnection from your job, um, irritability, uh, yeah, yeah, lots of different um, feelings that I'm sure lots of people have been able to uh, relate to. That emotional disconnection, the shutting down, not wanting to do your job even though you are a really compassionate, empathetic person but not feeling able to resonate with that because you're needing to shut down but yeah so and this has also been called compassion fatigue but Matteo Ricard and I'll show you this now shows us the reason behind why it is um, more empathetic um, fatigue so what we need to do in the situation is to recognize that what we're feeling is a combination, so be mindful of our feelings to start with. Recognize that what we are feeling is a combination of 
our own feelings, but also what we're mirroring in interaction with other people. So what we're feeling may not be all our own feeling. And so recognizing when it's not other people's stuff and acknowledging that, that it's, it's actually other people's, um, other people's stuff and taking experiential ownership just for your own feelings. And then saying to yourself, this is actually really hard what I'm feeling and I'm mirroring around what other people are feeling. Um, and other people in the situation would feel it, find it hard. What do I need right now to self-care? Do I need to take, feel my feet on the floor, take a few breaths to regulate my nervous system, um, speak kindly to myself? And so that's that thing about how empathy is I feel you, so I'm emotionally resonating with you. But then mind fitness and that mind fitness method of self-care, which includes self-compassion, is I feel you, but I'm asking myself what I need in this moment to care for myself. So it's holding that distress. And basically Mathieu Ricard will explain how we our pain centers resonate with other people's pain centers. And it's in, in the fMRI and yeah and that that so that's but when we bring in compassion and self-care our pain centers are actually turned off and so we don't feel so much of that empathetic distress so he will explain that So in the course of the scientific study on the effect of meditation, I also came to meet another neuroscientist called Tanya Singer. She's a, a German scientist and she's one of the world specialists of empathy. Empathy is the faculty to resonate with others' feelings. If someone comes with a big smile, oh, you start smiling. If someone suffers, you feel some of the suffering. And it turns out, if you study the brain, that empathy with suffering, for instance, if you really empathize with someone who is suffering, the area that registers suffering in the brain is activated in the same way, in the same area that the person who is suffering. So it is real suffering. What happens if you are a caregiver, whether a nurse, doctor, taking care of ailing patients, of your old elderly parent, if you constantly resonate with them, it's a challenge. It's, it's, it can be a kind of a burden. And if a nurse, for instance, the patient might cure or die, but he's not going to be usually sick for 20 years. But if for 20 years, we have day after day to suffer with the patient, then understandably, it's sometimes too much. It's called the burnout. Some people call it compassion fatigue. Or some people, they say, oh, they have to, I have to warn myself. I cannot be so emotional, so I have to distance myself, which is not also very good because the caregiver should be with the patient. So what is the solution? So we thought of that in Tanya Singer, and we tried to unpack the different elements of compassion. So I went myself in the scanner, and uh, Tanya said, just try to resonate on the suffering without your compassion meditation. And they did that for two hours in the scanner, and within two hours, I just completely burned out. I was imagining I had seen a documentary on terrible situation in orphanages in Romania. The kids were so weak that even moving something, they'll break their, their bones. 
and I seen that the night before, so I was filled with that and really resonated. And two hours was unbearable. Normally, when you do that in meditation, you bring compassion right away. So I was holding it. And then at the end, she said, well, we could do the compassion meditation in the afternoon or we could do it now. I said, please, let's do it now. I can't stand it anymore. So like I felt like when I brought the compassion component, it was like opening of a dam. I feel that every atom of suffering now soaked with atom of loving kindness. It's tough feeling incomfortable, not only not knowing how to handle that suffering. I feel like embracing uh, completely different. And in the brain also, complete change. Many areas that has to do with empathy, distress, with fear, with pain, were gone. And you could see the perception of others suffering, but with a lot of wholesome feelings at the same time. So we got the idea together that there's no such thing as compassion fatigue, but any empathy fatigue. And then stand alone empathy, just empathy, empathy, leads to burnout. But if you have empathy within the vaster sphere of loving kindness and compassion, then you have the whole buffer of you know this compassion that prevents all the negative effect of feeling the other side. And I think that's has tremendous potential for helping caregivers to train in arousing more of that loving kindness. And you see some nurses who are naturally very, very, you know, motherly and, and affectionate, and usually they don't burn out because they have these resources of compassion, that pool of compassion, but that can be trained. And the other studies on meditation and neuroscience have shown that those qualities can be trained. So I think this is a wonderful way that possibly meditation could contribute something to society in collaboration with science. So my own experience of this was when my girl, who's now 16, um, she was a baby and she was born. So she was um, a Von II's delivery. So that meant that she had this big scalp thing put onto her suction cap, put onto her scalp and brought out. Um, she, up to this day, has a really sensitive scalp. Um, and so she basically cried for the first three days. Um, she was really distressed. I was like quite overwhelmed what had happened. Um, didn't know that this being a parent was all about. It started to affect, you know, breastfeeding and changing. And my husband got out of there to feed the dogs, even though there were other people looking after the dogs. And so it's kind of, you can see that kind of distress and then my distress and that spiraling upwards of that. And that happened for like three days until the midwives in the birthing center decided to bring an osteopath in and I'm being really medical, was really skeptical about it. But he came in and in retrospect, he did was that he brought in his calming nervous system. And so he was incredibly calm. And so then I, Abby started to empathetically resonate with his calmness. And you could see her just starting to calm down and actually go to sleep in his, in his um, arms. And then because she was calm that resonated with my mirror neurons and I became calm and that whole cycle was broken for us and then we didn't kind of look back since then breastfeeding got better 
breastfeeding got better, I thought, oh, that's okay. I can do this parenting thing a little bit before. I was totally overwhelmed with it. And so, yeah, that was such a, looking back, that is such a, a beautiful illustration to the power of mirror neurons and why it is so important when we are in a caregiving role um, to attend to our own emotional needs so that when we've attended to our own emotional needs brought in inner resources such as calm or compassion or courage or grit or gratitude so that we bringing in those positive that positive neuroplasticity those positive inner feelings so that more likely that's going to resonate with other people's brain so that's why it's not selfish to self-care and to bring in those positive mood steps because then we start to um, spread these seeds of positivity or loving kindness throughout the world so yeah and then our mental health improves because we've got more positive feelings we've got more resources to deal with the challenges such as the pandemic and everybody wins by us putting on our own oxygen mask first so thank you for um, joining me today and hopefully giving you some incentive to do some self-care such as the mind fitness yin yoga or just the mind fit just applying some of the micro mind fitness skills that we learn through the mind fitness um, method of self-care namaste may i accept the things i cannot change may i have courage to change the things i can and may i gain the wisdom to know the difference bye For listening to the Mind Fitness Doctor podcast, medicine for the body, mind, and soul. Mind Fitness Yin Yoga courses and coaching. Or join our Mind Fitness Gym, the only gym for the mind. Just like physical fitness, we need to work on our mind fitness, improving our well being and building our resilience muscle. Or you can go to the link below to get to get our free self-care starter kit and the stress reset for COVID fatigue.